It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. What is going on, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast. Bill Rossetti of Panthers Wire back with you guys here as we start another week. It is the end of March. Hopefully everybody's staying safe uh, and staying sane, I guess, too, especially now that uh, social distancing has been expanded to the end of next month but uh, i promise it's it's all going to be okay we'll all gather around we'll listen to some sports talk and uh, do, do what we need to do to just stay safe and do what we need to do but hopefully everybody's doing well as we reach the end of april or yeah the end of april uh <laughs> the end of march excuse me getting into april which means the nfl draft is right around the corner and that's where we are going to start today because of course it is Mock Draft Monday, which means another mock draft brought out by the Draft Network. This time it was Joe Marino dropping a three-round mock draft for the network. Uh, this is Joe's seventh mock draft, three-round mock. So we'll start, as we always do, with doing the first six picks. So you can kind of see how the table was set for the Panthers at number seven. Joe Burrow, of course, is number one. I mean, again, that's uh, that goes without saying. Uh, Chase Young at number two to the Redskins. Jeffrey Okuda to the Lions at number three. Tua to the Chargers at number four. He actually has the Chargers jumping ahead of the Dolphins in a trade with the Giants to get to number four and take Tua Tungavailoa. And then he has the Dolphins taking uh, Justin Herbert at number five, and I'm still under the belief, too, that, you know, like Joe says, that the Dolphins would be very comfortable coming away with Justin Herbert if someone jumps them for Tua Tungavailoa. And then at number six, after the trade down, the Giants take Isaiah Simmons. So those are the guys off the board. So the Panthers on the board at number seven, but Joe has a trade. He actually has the New England Patriots moving all the way up from 23 to seven trading the Panthers picks 23 87 uh, in this year's draft so they're first and their third as well as a first and a third in next year's draft and he is the Patriots moving up for Jordan Love the quarterback out of Utah State so then as we get down to 23 then so I'll just run through the picks real quick then up to 23 Tristan Wirth to the Cardinals Javon Kinlaw to the Jags Andrew Thomas to the Browns, Henry Ruggs to the Jets, Jerry Judy to the Raiders, CeeDee Lamb to the 49ers, Jedrick Wills to the Buccaneers, Derek Brown to the Broncos, CJ Henderson to the Falcons, Clavon Chase on to the Cowboys, Mackay Becton to the Dolphins, Christian Fulton to the Raiders, Xavier McKinney to the Jaguars, Denzel Mims to the Eagles, and Justin Jefferson to the Vikings at 22 so that puts the Panthers on the board at 23 and he has them taking Kenneth Murray the linebacker out of Oklahoma Joe writes the objective for the Carolina Panthers with pick number seven 
is to make sure it comes away with an extra first-round selection in 2021 for the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes. Mission accomplished. As again, in this mock scenario now, the Panthers would now have two first-round picks next year, thanks to the Patriots. Uh, Joe then writes in Kenneth Murray, Matt Rule lands a linebacker that he saw dominate his offense at Baylor to the tune of 18 tackles and five tackles for a loss in two losses last season. Murray has terrific size, range, and physicality to become a second-level enforcer for Carolina in the aftermath of Luke Kuechly's retirement. And listen, I really like Kenneth Murray as well. And, you know, we've seen some mock drafts that he goes as high as, say, like number four. Uh, say number 12 to the Raiders who need linebacker help. So uh, Murray at 23 would not be uh, opposed to that pick at all. I like that. They definitely need, I mean, let's face it, they need help all over the board, you know, and, and a good player like Kenneth Murray is a, is a nice place to start. And then rounding out his round one, Patrick Queen to the Saints, Jeff Gladney to the Vikings, Cesar Ruiz to the Dolphins, Yitor Grossmatos to the Seahawks, Jalen Ragor to the Ravens, A.J. Epinesa to the Titans, LaVisca Chenault to the Packers, Ross Blacklock to the 49ers, and A.J. Terrell to the Chiefs. So then we move into round two, where at pick 38, it is another Oklahoma player, actually, Neville Gallimore, the defensive tackle. And look, I've raved on Gallimore a bit. We've we've seen him on film. We know how, how great he is. He had a really good combine, uh, spoke well at the, at the podium, you know, definitely helping to make Canada proud, that's for sure, too. But uh, Neville Gallimore, you know, I've always said is a very nice fallback option in round two if he gets there uh, for player or for teams that don't get Derek Brown or Javon Kinlaw. So I really like Neville Gallimore. And then round three, we're now in this mock. The Panthers have two picks in the third round, we'll start at 69, which is, of course, their original pick in round three. And he goes with Damon Arnett, the corner out of Ohio State. I mean, obviously, the Ohio State pedigree. We know all the, the great secondary players that have come from Ohio State and some that are yet to come. You know, I actually wrote a piece on Pro Football Network about uh, who could a guy that could be cornerback one in next year's draft, I mean, look, Jeffrey Okuda is going to be corner one in this year's draft, and Ohio State could have corner one in next year's draft in Sean Wade. So you just have that Ohio State, uh, that Ohio State pedigree. Uh, so Damon Arnett, really nice player. So he has Arnett to the Panthers at 69, and then at uh, 87, the pick they got from the Panther or from the Patriots. Damian Lewis, the interior offensive tack or interior offensive lineman out of LSU, and um, I don't think you can go wrong with either either player at uh, with the, the with the LSU interior guys, Damian Lewis or Lloyd Cushenberry. And then I mean, Lloyd Cushenberry is a guy that can go in the first round, so he may not even be there for the Panthers in the in round two. So you know, I, I like Damian Lewis. There in round three, they obviously have that huge hole. By the way, the the very next pick in Joe's mock, pick 88, is Jalen Hurts to the New Orleans Saints. Wouldn't that be an interesting pick? And, of course, we've talked about Hurts as a, as a potential guy here as well. So Jalen Hurts, 88, but uh, Damian Lewis, the pick, at 87. So to recap there, uh, so again, they trade down to 23 in the first round with the Patriots who move up for Jordan Love. 
So then he has the Panthers taking Kenneth Murray at 23. And then Neville Gallimore in round two at uh, 38. And then uh, Damian Lewis, or excuse me, uh, Damon Arnett first at 69. And then Damian Lewis at 87. So that's the uh, Joe, that's Joe Marino's latest mock draft for uh, for the Panthers over on the Draft Network. Scenario, though. In case you missed it the other day, we're going to replay the Stephen Weatherly talk with Luke Braun as well here, too. So I give you guys a chance to catch up as there, or, or with that as well. Luke Braun of Locked On Vikings joining me to talk. Teddy Bridgewater and Stephen Weatherly. So we'll wrap up your Monday with that. So enjoy. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, guys. Pleased to be joined here by Luke Braun of Locked On Vikings. We're going to talk about a couple of former Vikings that are now members of the Carolina Panthers. Luke, what's going on, man? Good to have you here. Hey, good to be on the show. Uh, great work, of course, on the Locked On Vikings. Appreciate the the quick little tip too on the tweet of Weatherly, and that's what we're gonna that's what we're gonna start with. As um, you know, we'll start small and then work our way up to. The big boy. So, uh, Stephen Weatherly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of build up the suspense, right? Yeah. Uh, Stephen Weatherly. We'll jump right into it. Signs a two-year, or will sign a two-year, uh, $12.5 million contract with the Carolina with the Carolina Panthers. I almost said Carolina Vikings. So, oh boy. I'm starting to mix the well, two. Well, <laughs> I mean, you're not. It's not wrong. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's almost like the Buffalo Bills are becoming the Carolina Panthers of the North. But, um... <laughs> Yeah, Steve Weatherly, two-year deal, uh, played pretty much every game uh, over the last two years, six sacks between the last two seasons, three of each. And you had said, you know, he's going to be a nice rotational piece. What can you tell us about uh, Steven Weatherly and what he's going to bring to the Panthers? Yeah, so he, uh, in, in Vanderbilt, he was, I think he was, that was a 3-4 over there when he played there. So he was a 3-4 outside linebacker, but mostly a pass rusher. And he would kind of back off into coverage every once in a while. The Vikings have actually done that with him uh, in like his own blitz. But usually, I mean, no, he's a he's a defensive end. Um, he was a rotational guy. He wasn't the best at generating pressure. He was okay at generating run stops. Um, I, I don't think that he's like a disaster or a liability or anything, but personally, I wouldn't have started him. He actually had a chance to start in 2018 when Everson Griffin had his whole mental health episode. Mm -hmm. uh, Stephen Weatherly was the primary backup for Everson Griffin, and he didn't manage to retain that job. And the Vikings actually gave Everson Griffin an extension, which I don't think they would have done if Stephen Weatherly plays better. So I, I think that kind of gives you some level like the Vikings had absolutely no interest either in uh, bringing Weatherly back in. They made no contact with him. They just let him walk. So I, I wouldn't start him 
as a rotational piece, however, I think he's great. I think he's great as a change of pace for whoever you got as your primary edge rusher. Come in, he will do the job competently, and uh, you media guys are going to love him because he's an absolutely great like personality, and he's super accommodating to the media. Great dude to talk to. Oh, nice, nice. That, that's always good to hear on the on the media side. There's players that we like to talk to, but yeah. So it sounds like you know it's a, it's a good price. You know, six and a quarter million per year. You know, he'll get. Sounds like he'll get you a couple sacks, and obviously, yeah. you no, know, not a lot of snaps again. There you go, and you know, obviously, not a lot of pressure because, of course, he'll be playing opposite Brian Burns and whoever else the Panthers might want to bring in uh, on the edge side, and um, so. You know, the way and, you know, the Vikings ran a lot of 4-3, obviously, and the Panthers are going to go back to a a 4-3. So kind of a a nice fit there going back into that uh, that edge rush. So it sounds like the Panthers got themselves a a pretty quality guy for, you know, a cheap price. You know, not the, you know, it was was kind of the spending that we expected the Panthers to. Well, we thought the Panthers would do with uh, with some cheap free agents, you know, versatile guys uh, like, you know, Justin Burris. Another guy they brought in for four million a year to play safety, but they weren't very cheap this free agency so far, were they? <laughs> they uh, go out and they are spending twenty one million dollars now. You know, obviously in the NFL world, twenty one million isn't a lot. In the real world, twenty one million is like yeah, that's that's a lot. But as far as quarterbacks go, twenty one million is not that bad. But they go out twenty one million a year to former Minnesota Vikings quarterback, former Saints quarterback. Teddy Bridgewater to come in and pretty much replace Cam Newton. Obviously, like you said, um, you have some, you've obviously followed Teddy Bridgewater for a little bit. He spent some time mm-hmm. with the Minnesota Vikings, drafted by them. Um, what what are the Panthers? I mean, you know, we have an idea what they're getting, but you know, what's kind of the mindset with Teddy Bridgewater? We saw how well he played in those five games in place of Drew Brees. Um, do you get the sense, even watching him with the Saints and going back to his Viking, his time with the Vikings, is he ready to be back as a starting NFL quarterback? Uh, yeah, I definitely think he deserves the opportunity mm-hmm. to start after what he did in New Orleans. I mean, coming in as a backup, rattling off five wins, you know, a lot of roster help over there. There's a lot of good stuff going on in New Orleans, but I, I think you have to give him enough credit to at least, you know, justify a starting opportunity i think for like 21 million it was like if he's average that's a good deal right Mm -hmm. and i think you are very very likely to get at least an average quarterback out of teddy i think the the deal with teddy is that he is a like in a good way the game manageriest game manager of all time and and that's like not an insult people always Mm -hmm. say that like game manager uh it's just a game manager but i think he is somebody that will execute your plan very well and if you have a good plan that will go very, very well. He reads the the field very quickly. Uh, he has unbelievable pocket presence. My favorite thing about him is his pocket presence, not necessarily as a scramble run around Deshaun Watson type, but more as uh, I honestly like it reminded it, it evokes Drew Brees in me that he, you know, he just is very good at like evading pressure without breaking the pocket and kind of using his motion very efficiently to uh, mitigate and make up for pressure. I think that's something he's very good at. Uh, He's not particularly aggressive. His deep accuracy was always kind of like a thing. And so you're not going to get the Jameis Winston type, you know, huck it downfield kind of game. You know, the Vikings now that they have like Kirk Cousins, that's kind of what they're getting with Kirk. And that's really far away from what they got with Teddy. He's going to run an efficient, smart, heady game that maybe has a, a lower ceiling, but a super, super, super high floor. And like you said, 21 million for, 
you know, that's a typical price now for an average quarterback. And I think he could definitely be better than an average quarterback. You know, I, I talked about this deal compared to some of the other quarterback deals that we just saw. I mean, Ryan Tannehill just got almost $30 million a year from the Titans. Um, I keep going back to Nick Foles, $22 million a year, and they're already ready to get out of that contract. Uh, Rivers is getting 25. Brady's getting 30. So Bridgewater getting 21, I think slots in really nice. And I talked to about how I think this gives the Panthers a lot of flexibility too over the next couple of years, especially 21 on when the new CBA really kicks in and that salary cap skyrockets. So, you know, it's going to give him a chance to get into free agency quicker. And I think it gives the Panthers definitely some, some quarterback flexibility. So, um, you know, my, my thought, and you know, I'll get, get your thoughts on this too. My thought now is that the Panthers bought themselves a little bit of time to, if, if say they draft a quarterback, whether it's, you know, Tua or Herbert or uh, Hertz, whatever the case may be, I think they might've bought themselves an extra year to develop their quarterback instead of now likely just one year behind cam. They may have had, they may get two years of Teddy before they have to, hand the reins over to the rookie. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, I would definitely agree that you have bought, I mean, two years of Teddy is absolutely like that's, a, that would, will make competent football. And, uh, you know, that's what you're looking for and mm-hmm. give them somebody to compete with. That's difficult to beat. you know, you're not saying, all right, go beat out case Keenum. Like it's somebody, you know, it's real. Um, and I, I wouldn't rule out a scenario though, where the, where Teddy Bridgewater plays well enough where the Panthers start talking about moving forward with him. I wouldn't mm-hmm. rule that out at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's definitely, definitely an exciting time. Um, you know, obviously it was messy the way they got rid of Cam Newton or effectively got rid of Cam Newton, but I mean, you got, you got to feel good about Teddy. It's, they're not paying him that much more than they were going to give Cam. So like I said, I, I think it's a, it's a good time in Carolina. And, you know, this will be the first of probably a couple times you and I are going to talk, Luke, because, of course, the Panthers <laughs> scheduled to travel to Minnesota next season. Um, So, you know, early thoughts. Teddy's return to the bank. Teddy, that's right. I, We've I didn't never think... played against Teddy. We played the that's Saints. Right. That, that just hit me. That's right. That's Teddy's going to return to Minnesota. So that's already uh, a little bit of a highlight there. And, you know, of course, the Vikings. Uh, making a few moves so far this free agency. The big big one, of course, as you alluded to, uh, two-year extension for Kirk Cousins. Certainly, that just had to do with uh, for draft or uh, for cap purposes, excuse me. So, um, But yeah. any early thoughts on this matchup? I mean, obviously, it's very early. We still have yeah. a lot of free <laughs> agency no to go. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what roster we're even going to field uh, in September. So, exactly, yeah, I have, I have yep. no idea. We Right now, there's only one uh, passable wide receiver on the roster. There's, like, no corners. Mike Hughes is the only cornerback on the roster. They got the two safeties. But Anthony Harris, there's, like, trade talks blooming. So mm-hmm. I have no idea what's going to happen in that game but I, I can't wait to preview it when i actually know what the vikings will look like <laughs> absolutely yeah it's crazy and of course stefan Diggs now in buffalo i mean that was a that was a well i mean we knew we kind of wanted out but at least minnesota got quite the haul for him yeah an Odell beckham sized haul instead of uh a DeAndre hopkins sized <laughs> haul unfortunately unbelievable but yeah like i said this will be the first of probably a couple of times you know hopefully we get together in the off later in the off season to talk a little bit and of course we'll certainly be in touch um down the road whenever whatever the uh, we'll find out by next month when they actually play whether it's september october whatever the case may be but uh definitely looking forward to talking to you again um really Absolutely. appreciate your time 
and uh, you know let the listeners let them know where they can find you and what kinds of stuff you got going on. Uh, yeah, my personal Twitter is at Luke Braun NFL. Uh, the show is at Locked On Vikings on Twitter, and of course you can find my show if you're interested anywhere you can find this show. Absolutely, yep. We're all like a little family here. We're all Absolutely. our shows are together. But Luke, appreciate you taking time to talk with me, my man. Yeah, of course, man. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And so with that, we're going to wrap things up here on the Locked On Panthers podcast. Appreciate you guys tuning in. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Bill underscore Rossetti. And until next time, everybody take care and stay safe. And we'll see you next time right here on LOP. Until then, take care, my friends. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.